Yeah. Happy Friday. Welcome into the Jesus Follower. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Andrew, and happy Friday to all of you. We are so glad to be with you and excited about the topic for today. Absolutely. I think we got to begin with apology. An apology, first of all. We, uh, our listeners were waiting on the edge of their seat for an episode last week, and they uh, did not get one either last week or the week before. We missed. So sorry about that. But we're full fledged into Christmas season, and tonight is our first ever family Christmas kickoff. Yeah. So we're very excited about that. We got our family ministry center decked out. And uh, Daniel, what's your favorite uh, part about Christmas apart from the birth of Jesus? Oh, apart from the birth of Jesus. <laughs> that's kind of uh, integral can, the whole thing. But. Can, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, uh, so can I give you two? Absolutely. Okay. So two favorite parts. I really like the lights probably just mm. off the top. I like the lights. I like the lights actually all year long. I would be perfectly content with lights being up all year long. Yes. But I like the snow if it's available. If it's snow and lights, that's pretty epic for me anyway. Yes. So uh, uh-huh. that's just right off the top. But rarely is there snow. <laughs> well, Ohio is rude. I feel like we don't get snow till like March and right. then it's pointless. Right. You so know? Then you're looking for spring. And so then it's like, uh, if we could back that up, but we right. do not have that power. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, Come on, Lord. Yeah. Send the snow. No, I'm just no. But uh, yes, we've been getting ready. Christmas music is great. And uh, today, I don't know how we transition to this topic. It's not necessarily Chris, Christmas topic, <laughs> talking about justification and Christ and him saving us. But what if you consider yourself a Christian, but you've either backslidden or you're not where you used to be? What do you do then? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, we, we ended a, a little while ago and I, I know like our apology stated, we haven't, uh, we've missed a little bit here, but we were talking about that, the whole concept of salvation. And, yeah. and so one of the terms in the Christian circle, I guess, or in the church circle that you hear oftentimes, or I have growing up is the word backslide. And, you know, and I, and I think the question is, and, and don't throw stones yet. Let's, let's discuss. But, uh, throw is, stones. <laughs> what, what is backsliding? Is backsliding, is that a biblical concept? Is that, I mean, what, where does that leave you? And, and just kind of trying to discuss and talk that out with the word of God today, I think is what we, what the goal kind of is. And it's, yeah. Probably bigger, really, than what we're going to get to cover in depth during this short time. But uh, it's just interesting to me because I've always heard it my whole life. Well, they're backslidden, they're backslidden, they're backslidden. And it was kind of like, well, what does that mean for Mm. that person? So uh, I think that's the question we're going to try to answer today uh, or discuss at minimum today and, and try to unfold what God's word has to say about it. So. Do you want to kick off a scripture? Do you want me? You've got yours open somewhere, and I do too. So, how about you start? Maybe you start. Can you define our term also. Maybe we both can. This yes, one is backslide. Yes. We asked the question, but uh, yeah, no so one to answer except us. Typically, back when I've heard it in my in my context, has been someone that at one point in their life has made a profession of faith for Jesus Christ, but has not been living for whatever period of time in obedience to God. So they may have moved out of the realm of church attendance. They may have moved out of the realm of following Jesus, and they may a lot of times it seems like that they're actually living practicing sin and yeah. and and being okay with that and. Uh, 
Um, everyone, it seems like so often goes back to, well, I remember that time they made that decision. So I know the decision has been made. They just have kind of lost sight and veered off the right path. Um, and so when I say backslidden, I don't know if it's any different, if you'd want to add to that at all. Um, that's kind of where it's been for me, it seems like, used. Yeah, yeah, essentially. It seems like there's a broad range of what it could mean, which is kind of difficult to define, but I think most of the time it's in that realm of, yeah, it's it's, it's rarely the person who is backslidden who considers themselves backslidden, and that seems like the whole thing, is that they would admit they're not where they need to be, but it's not in a place of, okay, let's get back. It's uh, they're away and not necessarily on the path of repentance. Yes. And that that's where the challenge is, I think, you yes. know, where uh, with that term, I'm actually going to start at a different place than where Ooh. I was going to go to start. Uh, so so here's uh, there's some places in Scripture that make this kind of challenging for me. Uh, and again, before the stones are thrown, I'm not saying <laughs> it's not accurate according to the scripture. I'm just saying these are the the, the the passages that challenge me. And 1 John is actually the biggest challenge against this concept of backsliding because uh, 1 John says a whole lot about who we are new in Christ and the practice of sin versus the practice of righteousness and, and what that means. But there's one particular section and, and really we could read a few verses. So let me just do that so we have a good rounded context a little bit. First, John 3, we'll start at verse 4. It says, everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. And and just to clarify, this is talking about practicing sin. So it's not so much that you're never going to make a mistake, but it's sure. uh, it's practicing sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Um, and so uh, for me, uh, I, again, that that is, I'm not saying necessarily that it's not a thing and that it doesn't happen, but I am saying that when the word of God draws such definitive lines, uh, no one who practice uh, over and over again, it makes it really challenging. And then I begin to ask the question, okay, well, how long are you living in sin before that sin is a practice? How long are you participating mm. in it before it's a practice? Is it a week long? Is it a month long? Is it years? I mean, what, uh, because clearly John draws some um, very definitive lines and says, listen, you're you're born of God. This is where you are. You're not, then you're practicing. And so for me, when it comes to the concept of backsliding, that's where I would begin with my, uh, my the place that I say really challenges that concept and really what we're talking about when we use that term. So you'd push back against the concept entirely of. I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a push I don't know if I would say push back, but I would say, well, no, I would say that I, I would be careful 
with the liber- liberal usage of the mm. word backsliding. Let me say it like right. that rather than push back against it because I'm going to read another section that's going to yeah. seem to go the other way. And that might be what you got. So No, I agree because oftentimes it's used as an excuse or a middle ground, a purgatory of sorts between being a good Christian, quote unquote, and not being saved. Yeah. Like they're... <laughs> they're worldly, but they're a Christian. Yeah. That's just who they are, you know, and that's, there's no allowance for that yeah. in scripture. And we agree with that. I, my mind was drawn and, and researching this, listen to sermons to first Thessalonians. I think the beginning of the chapter here is very insightful as to the beginning of the letter entirely as to the nature of conversion and justification entirely, because really that's the, I think what it boils down to, uh, when we get to it, is is conversion true in a person, and when should someone be considered a false convert? And is there a middle ground there? How do you sin or live in sin? Again, there's a lot of gray area in there, but how do you uh, live unrepentantly? Maybe that's the term, unrepentantly, and still consider yourself a Christian. It says uh, Paul says this in. Um, one uh, chapter one verse four of First Thessalonians. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that He has chosen you, because our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full assurance. And with full assurance, I think that um, term there assurance is important. Is that again, we know salvation is not something that is of ourselves, not ultimately a decision that we make or something that we do. It's of God to us. A gospel is Christ crucified. So if our gospel becomes anything other than that, then both our understanding and our actions are going to become skewed. So maybe that's a question there in the middle of this conversation about backsliding in that person's life. Is it a rejection of the gospel? Do they not understand the gospel entirely? Uh, Did something else happen? But each time it boils down to either a misunderstanding of the gospel, they were led to believe a different gospel than Christ crucified in some way, shape, or form, or there's a rejection of that gospel. Either way, you're not in Christ. Again, that's probably for the more severe of, of the person, but, or of these cases, but uh, it has to be reckoned with that just because you say words, the gospel didn't come to them in word only, but in power and in full assurance, it yeah. changes you from the inside. You're born again. Yeah. So that has to happen. And if that's not happening progressively, then we have to question that. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and that's valid. I think that's, that's where the confusion comes in. And really, um, this, this, this whole, um, um, this whole concept can be very confusing to, to the lost and dying world, you know, when we are called to be ambassadors. But so often we allot this gray area to live in sin and disobedience to God and just label it as backsliding because then that's what the world sees so often of so many that say, Oh, well, they're just living just like I am. I mean, and they're just, they're claiming the grace or they're claiming the, uh, the one experience. 
they're saying, well, this without maybe a proper understanding of what that experience was, what that faith means. You know, we were studying last night out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 that talks about our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit, you know, when we are born right. again. And and just everything that that brings to light, like you, the, the presence of God dwelling within you in the form of his spirit. And, and we know the, the temple was such an, uh, a big thing in the Old Testament because God's presence was there. And the temple in the New Testament is a big thing as our bodies, as we're privileged to be living with the presence of God, which is what John was talking about if we are truly born again. And and I think yes. that is a pivotal question um, in our society and in our culture and a, and a question that needs to be asked even to those that may sometimes think that they have been is what does that mean? You know, what, what, what is being born again to you? What was that experience like? Just so that there is clarity there, because I think there is a lot of dilute, diluted information that's been passed down from generation to generation. I think the gospel sometimes hasn't been super clear. It's been yeah. um, minimized into this one act, one moment type situation instead of a, a lifelong following of Jesus, which uh, is kind of what his invitation was. So, so I think that's a very valid point and something I like. To, I like you use the word reckoned, man. That's a Kentucky oh, word hey. almost. That's a biblical word too, off. but yeah, <laughs> reckoned. But that was right. that was pretty epic. Bringing that out. Uh, so, so let me flip the page and let, let's go Ooh, here. So okay. Paul says this in First Corinthians three, uh, and this is. So I go to First John and I say, okay. And you went to Paul's writing. Mm-hmm. So we've got two different folks led by the Spirit that's wrote these things that that would challenge it, I would say, or would really make us think. But Paul talks about carnal Christians here in 1 Corinthians 3, uh, and that's where I would go to John and I would say, well, how could this be? Because if the presence of God dwells in you, you can't practice sin. That, That seems conviction, repentance, that seems to, it must be a part of your life if the presence of God. But John brings in this group here, or Paul does, excuse me, brings in this group here in 1 Corinthians 3, and he says this, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. So they're in Christ. They're just infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and are you um, not walking like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul and another, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? What then is Paul or Apollos and what is Paul servants through whom you believed even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one of you? I planted Apollos watered, but God causing the growth. Um, And so when I read that. It doesn't necessarily indicate a backsliding, but it definitely indicates a fleshly side of following Christ. They're in Christ, but they're infants, not able to really dig deep because what they're doing, they're they're still dwelling in this realm of, and he indicates, jealousy and strife, which jealousy, those things are not godly things that they seem to be functioning and operating in, looking at men instead of at Christ, and and the struggle that comes as a result in the body of, of the church when it comes to that kind of mentality. So 
For me, it's like, okay, well, I would say if I go to John, no, there's not backsliding. That shouldn't be because it, it's it's got to be that conviction, repentance with the Spirit of God. Then I come back to Corinthians and I'm like, wait, all right, so there is a version not the best, but but a ver- where where there is an infancy rather, uh, an immaturity in the faith where we haven't grown to the point that we are truly moving beyond some of those fleshly behaviors and living for Christ, which is a sanctification type thing, a development thing in your relationship, and that to yeah. me kind of challenges back against the other side of it is backsliding possible. Okay. Well, these definitely mm. seem to be folks that are delayed in their race for Christ, if you will. Um, so, so for me, that that's where the other side comes in. It's like, okay, well, there's clearly something being talked about here that uh, I would, and some of us, I think in my time and context growing up that people would look at maybe some of these folks and be like, well, they're backslidden. They're not even focused on Christ. They're looking at people, you know, they're getting jealous. They're, 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 they're disrupting the church. They're dividing the church. And we would say, well, maybe they're backslidden, you know? So, yeah. And that could even be a mindset. I think I could see that line of thinking and people saying, well, isn't that enough? Like, why do we need to strive for something more? If Paul's talking to these people, they're in Christ and they're, you know, they're saved. Why even go for something more? But I think in that is the point of what you're saying, the grace in salvation that God would uh, give us new life in him even though we are still in our flesh and for for a purpose right there's that level of sanctification to where we're progressing to glory i don't know why we aren't just perfect once we're saved it'd yeah. be easier that way but there is something to that gospel of dying with christ and then being raised with him in his resurrection so it's all fairly linear. I think we tend sometimes we can make it very complicated for our own gain in yeah. terms of like their intentions are right, but they're you know they don't understand. They they're, they're off uh, in the newsstand making their uh, just making excuses. But with Christ, we don't need any excuse. Christ is our excuse, so it all goes or i say that meaning that he's our answer for our life what is our life is is christ we don't need to say we were we prayed this prayer when we were five and that's why we're a christian and we need to act better even though we're not doing this now uh you know we're not we're backslidden now we i'll just get back to it later or i'll do good things at the end of my life or something it's all misunderstanding that christ died for us i think that's uh that immaturity that paul's getting at here it's not just that they're um in in sin just isolated and that they need to zap out that sin and be okay it's a mindset that christ isn't at the center of their thinking or their belief even because they say i belong to paul i belong to apollos and Man, isn't that convicting on another level? Yeah, is yeah that, it is. There's a lot of us that consider ourselves, probably me too, on some level, uh, you know, decently mature in our faith. Yeah. And we get prone to that yeah, quite easily. We do. So that uh, redefines kind of that conversation too. But, um, but yeah, I don't think that necessarily, I don't think you think that either, but give allowance to, uh, you know, sin as, or, you know, g- give allowance to backsliding. 
No, it does. It, it doesn't you know give I mean? allowance to it. But to me, it says right. that they're. And I think the differentiation is that these are folks that are in the church. He's writing to the church. Oh, so, yeah. you know, a lot of times, even in the backsliding conversations that I've had in my life, these are folks uh, that they would say are outside the church. They have not. They, they have not kept up that relationship with the body of Christ in the mm. church at all. And so, something to be said about these. And we know that that's the case in the church. That there's a lot of people that may be at different levels. Levels at different places and their spiritual maturity, uh, just like these folks were here. Uh, yeah. But they they do remain in the church. They just Paul says, and, and I think you can hear his heart. Like I mm-hmm. want to give you more. Yes, but I know because of your fruit that you can't handle it because you're still acting so worldly, uh, and that's mm-hmm. that's the way you know. As you know, we are privileged to serve the church um, in in Jesus. That we you know we have to get to that point because Paul also probably is thinking with this particular group that you know that if you're looking like the flesh in the church, that's a terrible witness to the world too. You know, I mean, when you yes. uh, and, and so we have to think about all those things, and I don't think that gives. Um, a, a space for the concept, but I do think that that shows that sometimes we think like, oh, well, if you're not this, you're this. And it's like, well, yeah. there are moments that's where that's not always the case. And and Paul kind right. of calls that out. Uh, but but I, I think for me, one of the, I heard a sermon I heard a sermon uh, excerpt uh, one time that talked about the line. And this pastor, I can't remember his name, but he said, don't look for the line. Um, And basically what he was saying was, is that a lot of times we want to, uh, it seems like people, and especially people that would be in this category, would would want to kind of walk that line. Like there's the world, and then there's the uh, following Christ, and then there's a gray middle area, which is not biblical, uh, that we want to say, well, I still enjoy doing some things in the world, and I... But I, but I want to follow Christ over here. And he says, listen, you, you can't, we, we can't even think about it with that mentality. And backsliding sometimes, I think, gives us that gray area mentality where we're mm. like, uh, you know what? If I miss it a little bit, uh, not a big deal because I could just, I'll, I, I just backslid for a little time and then I'll, I'll come back hopefully eventually. Yes. And, and I think that for both of us, we would say that's the danger in that terminology in the life of the church and in the life of the Christian is you create, we create a gray area that I don't know that the scripture actually, I will say, I don't believe the scripture does a lot for. And I don't know that there's a place in there where anywhere that I can recall, but I could be wrong, where it says backslidden. They're just a backslidden, you know, uh, uh, it may indicate that at times in some ways, but I think uh, it is something that we have adopted and we have overused to the point that we have almost created gray where gray shouldn't be created. And I think that could be the danger. In yeah, it. for sure. I'm convicted to talk about all this, thinking about, you know, my hypocrisy and my sin. We all have sin and we know this, but the, you're right. Absolutely. That the wrong response is to be, I'm fine. There are worse people than me. Yeah. I'm okay. Of course, we are okay in that we're in Christ. That's kind of the hard part about this conversation is that it's, uh, 
we're we're good, we're secure, and the gospel is about security, but still Romans six, my mind was drawn to this, it exists. Uh, at the same time, it says, what should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Um, and then therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. So it kind of gets at that uh, that decision well not quite a decision even if we're in christ and i turned to first peter 2 as well it said uh, therefore rid yourself of all malice all deceit hypocrisy envy and all slander like newborn infants desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow up into your salvation if you have tasted that the lord is good if you've tasted that so if you've yeah. seen christ if you've met christ truly and you've seen that he is good then sin's going to be evil that new birth in your heart yeah and that doesn't happen all at once but that new birth in your heart is going to look like you're going to start to progressively just not only sin less but you're going to hate sin because christ hates sin yeah and you're going to be transformed into his image so we're secure but yet we're not if if you're still enjoying the idea or uh, we'll all be tempted, but if you're enjoying your sin and you don't see a problem with it, then you're in trouble yeah. because that's not a sign of being in Christ. Yep. Yep. And that's, and I think that's where, when you go back where we began to first John, I think that's where that brings about a whole new light. Like it's, yeah. you can't you practice. And even in my saying, okay, well, how long do you sin before it's a practice is really not, it's not the right question. It's more yeah, like stay away from it at all costs, if at all possible. And when it comes, because it will come repent 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 and and don't allow it to remain don't allow it a day don't allow it a week don't allow it a month like just repent and and cry out to God and and sometimes I think that's the danger is that hasn't been the message the message has more been like well God is gracious God is loving you know when you get and yeah. it's like no like we and I was reading about and and I think this might be what what we're talking about which is going to be bizarre but I'll explain it more on Sunday, but talking about Noah and, you know, in, in creation and in the creation account in Genesis, I think it was six or seven, the sin had already become so prevalent that God's like, I'm going to destroy it all. Mm. Um, and so if anything, that's an indication of how God looks at sin and disobedience. Like sometimes we think, oh, well, mine's not that big. No, hold on. God looks at sin severely. Like it's not, not one of those things that he's like, well, you murdered and you just told a little lie it's not you're not that big no no sin is sin and it's against god and we and when we meet christ and that perfection and we see him our like you said and the spirit dwells in us enters into our life our our whole perspective on sin changes and it becomes Mm. more and more like christ's perspective on sin god's perspective on sin and then when we and that's why and i truly believe that's why old man john because he's older when he writes first that's why old man john says listen you can't you can't practice sin 
and and be yeah. of God. Like you just you don't do that. And and he's trying to get this. I think it's around the third generation to see as it begins to become watered down. That's not what Jesus taught. He didn't teach watered down. He said, "No, listen. When you are a God, you are new. You don't live in sin, and you're not okay with it. If you practice sin, you're here. If you practice righteousness, you're here. And those are the black and white of it all. There's yes. no gray allotted. And uh, and I think when it comes to backsliding, what we've done is we've created a gray. Oftentimes, not saying there's not exceptions to that. Not saying that at all. But I'm saying by and large, I think we create we've created a category of you're born again, you're lost, you're backslidden. And it 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 kind of goes against what the scripture says sometimes, I think, in the context that we use it. Absolutely right. Yeah. I think well, the power of sin and our perception of that coordinates directly, I think, with the power that we perceive of the gospel. Because if we view our sin as either something that is insignificant, it doesn't affect anybody, and that's an excuse I've used, I'm sure we all have, that it's just rolling through a stop sign when nobody's looking. Yeah. You know, it might be against the law, but it's fine. Uh, it's, it, you know, we could view it that way. Um, I forgot what I was saying. The other... <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Can that's you help all, me? That's all right. No. Can you tell where I was going? Uh, <laughs> could, could I see what was happening? Then? <laughs> Let me gather myself. Okay. Well, oh, well, yeah. I, yeah. So coordinate the, the power of the gods. If, if it's that, for one, I'm sorry. and uh, Or if it's something that we could make up on our own. That's where I was going. If it's, uh, you know, we did one bad thing, so we'll do two good things to make up for right, it. Right. Then the gospel that we would believe to get us back to where we think we need to go is no longer Christ crucified. It's no longer the cross. It's our good works. So sin, therefore, isn't going to be either such a, as as big of a deal or as important or as substantial because it's not ultimately a offense against God and something that separates us from that communion and fellowship. It's something that we just need to overcome. It's an us problem. And yeah. that's not it's not where it is. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's all much bigger than that. Yeah. And, and, and I do want to just, I want to make one more, uh, for my perspective anyway, clarifying, um, uh, Discussion. I want to clarify a little bit. Uh, you know, me saying uh, what I've said about backsliding doesn't mean that uh, I think that it uh, doesn't mean that I'm claiming that there's never been a time where I have maybe in the race lost sight a little bit oh, and, yeah. and kind of lost the way. I'm not saying uh, that I'm always in step where I need to be because that's 100% not the case. But it's when that delays and lingers and prolongs to this period of time where you're not even making the effort anymore there's no repentance or very little and and you have become comfortable in a life of sin i think that we would uh, that i would say is is backslidden the backslidden that we use uh but there are times and i think about like when uh and this is a smaller uh, our context kind of situation but you know when when i was in the military and we would go on runs sometimes you know there was a leader of that run and he would say stay with me now uh i didn't i could 
couldn't always see him. So there would be times in that race where I might get separated a little bit. I knew generally where he was going because I could see some of the other followers that were trying to stay with him, but I maybe couldn't see him. And I had to kind of pick up some pace and kind of get things in line to where I could get close to him to see him again. And and when I think about, I think with my walk with Christ, we always want to see him, but there are moments where in the race of life, in the race for Christ, that we may veer off a little bit or, or lag behind a little and need to repent and need to kind of catch back up to where he is and be at his feet again. Uh, and, and so for me, I have experienced many times like that, and it's a daily, weekly, monthly battle for me to stay right there with him instead of getting sidetracked on something else or, uh, yes. uh, you know, you know, getting behind. And, and, and so I wanted to clarify that because I, I don't want to sound like, well, I'm, I'll never backslide. I've never been. But what, but what I am saying is that I think the word of God says we, we, we can't live dwell and be comfortable in that. It's, it's a very challenging concept. If truly you are born again, which is another question, if truly you were born again and the spirit of God dwells in you. So I just wanted to clarify yes. that. So it doesn't hopefully, you all don't hear, hey, this guy's got it. He's saying he's got it all together because that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> you no, know, that's I am so a important. Work, work in progress. Yeah, no, so. me too. That's so yeah. important because then the the gospel shifts entirely what you believe if all of a sudden you're claiming you're like, I'm not backslidden. I'm a good Christian. Yeah, that's who yeah. I am. And that becomes a point of pride. That's not the gospel either because God doesn't beat you up when you said, you know, that beating was taken by Christ. So there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And to truly believe that that's the great paradox of it all. So we don't have to be legalist or antinomian. It's like not one or the other. It's Christ and Christ took our punishment for sin. And that's the scandal of that, that grace there. So if we truly believe that, then we have to lean into how unfair that feels in our sin. You know, it's that I claim the blood blood of Christ for the sin. I ask for uh, repentance. I've heard people argue, I don't know if I necessarily agree, that you don't necessarily have to ask for forgiveness every time you sin because Christ has, for. I don't know, again, there's different nuances to that. We're not going to get into that. Yeah. But <laughs> that the point being, though, that Christ, we, we have been forgiven and we yeah. don't have to ask to be saved every time we sin as if God would revoke our salvation when we're not looking. Yeah. That's not... That's not going to be the point. We're not going to be getting off on a technicality. Christ covers it all. So that's very important to note is that if you are struggling with a uh, besetting sin, secret sin, or just you're not really feeling it, there's allowances for that in grace, in Christ, not that you're just allowed to sin because grace would abound. It's in Christ. So the problem is then we say backsliding as a term not to necessarily define a state of being consumed in sin, yeah. you know, for a, a season yeah. because we've all been there yeah. and we will be because we are living in our flesh until we'll be in glory. And with, if we think we can conquer that on, on our, we, we think too little of sin, I yeah. believe. Yeah. We think we can be perfect on this earth. It's not going to happen, but that's not an allowance to say, okay, I'm just going to sin because that's not the cross either. So, don't be discouraged, but also we can't take it lightly. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think that's the whole thing. I yeah. think it, like we, in the midst of our creating these terms and widening the boundaries, we take lightly 
what we take lightly our walk for Christ. We take lightly sin. We take, you know, uh, all these things. And, and, and we, uh, and, and if anything, the word, as you read it from Genesis all the way through, you realize that, hey, this is not something that we can overcome on our own. We need the power of Christ. We need God's spirit in our life for us to be able to even begin to live the way that, that God would have us live Christ-like. I mean, we just can't, you know, I was, as I read in Genesis, you know, at the beginning, if ever there was someone close to God, it would have been Adam and Eve, right? Because they were, you know, they were hanging out with him in the garden, right? So, yeah. but but we see how quickly that mankind gets away from God in the beginning. I mean, it, yes. you know, and, and it may be over a span of some years, but still, I mean, you go from someone that walked with God or that, that hung out with God in the garden to a place where God's like, I'm going to wipe them off the earth because of their sin. And it's like, okay, so there is clearly a tendency in ourselves to say, I'm going to go the opposite of God. I'm going to lead the show. I'm going to rule. And even after the flood, we know the Tower of Babel comes, which again, let us make a name for ourselves. basically let, you know, and and it's just this constant thing that says that we, we cannot do it on our own. We must be born again. We must have the spirit of God to even have, any hope, chance, anything. Yes. Uh, and so I would say uh, after all this, uh, and I don't know uh, what, what Andrew's thinking, but uh, I'm curious <laughs> to hear what you all would have to say. Um, so I, I would encourage you to, uh, to to leave some comments. Now, listen, we leave nice comments. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Throw stones. No, no stones. <laughs> but uh, leave comments in the sense of, I, I'm just as you have processed it, because that's what we're trying yeah. to do, to be the best Jesus follower that we can according to the scripture we're just processing it here we're not we're not saying hey we've got all of it figured out when it comes to backsliding or that terminology that's right. not what we're saying no 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 we're, we're just processing so but i would be curious to hear what what you all as you've prayed about it as you've thought about it as you've read it in line with scripture what has god revealed to you about that terminology do we overuse it do we use it properly what are your thoughts? I would just be curious to see in love what your thoughts would right. be. Uh, no rocks. No rocks. We uh, will only roast you on this podcast if your opinion is wrong. No, yeah, just kidding. No, yeah. We're all figuring we this out. We will call and, you out. No, I'm right. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of it all is that in Christ, we're all sinners, but yet we're saints, That's, right? We have yeah. no ground to stand on. And if we think we do, then we're mistaken. Yeah. Um, and that's the, the glory of Christ, too, that we can... He'll allow us to abide in him and yet still be imperfect, you know, still mold us and, um, you know, be that as gracious as he is. Yeah, that's right. That's great. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I I appreciate you all listening in. Uh, I do. I do really look forward to seeing what you have to say. Um, So I I would encourage you to do that if you get a chance, uh, because it's something that I have thought quite a bit about. And uh, I've heard my entire life. And and then, you know, sometimes when you try to back it up with Scripture, you're like, all right, well, mm. I think Scripture would challenge it. So so let's just talk about that as we try to get all of our, ourselves uh, as lined out and, and become the best follower of Christ that we can. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're praying for you today. And we uh, hope to see you next week as we continue uh, walking in Christ and pursuing Him. Yeah, that's right. Have a great week. 